0: Hey, I'm so excited to be here today, I feel like, good. oh good, I really feel like God has given me a word for this church, for this season, but I want you, just in case you haven't done this, uh, greet somebody next to you and say, hey, I'm glad you're here today. Okay, now turn... Turn to your second choice and tell them you're glad they're here today. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's enough. Uh, As Pastor Allen said, I am the children's pastor. Uh, We have a lot of interactive things. You know, I'll ask a question, and normally adults won't answer, but kids will. So, you know, just make me feel at home. All right, and, and just, just interact if you need to, or want to, or it helps. Okay, so uh, the title of my sermon is Seeds, uh, but I'm going to start out by explaining something. I hope you get this in your brain. God has a vantage point that we don't have. You know, we, we are just like this little tiny, tiny thing on the, in the universe, and he sees the whole picture. The big picture. We don't see what God sees. His vantage point is different. So when we see what's right in front of us, he sees what's all around us and behind us. He sees our past. He sees our present. He sees our future. And there's a scripture, I love this scripture, that really talks about God's vantage point. Whoops, I went the wrong way. Pastor Ellen, I may need your help. Trust me, it does. All right, here we go. Nope. Pastor Allen, I need your help. Can you get me back to the very beginning, please? Yes. Okay, that was from the second service. All right, trust me, there is a verse that is talking about God's vantage point. Are we there now? All right, yes, we are. It's found in 1 Corinthians 2.9. But God has planned For people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never even entered our minds. Let that blow your mind right now. You think you know your future? No. God has so much more than we could even comprehend or think. I like to say I'm kind of like Walter Mitty for those of you don't know who he is. He's a person who likes to do imagination. He gets off in these little imaginary worlds. I'm kind of like that. You know, I, i I become the hero of my story. I don't know if anybody else is like that, but oh well. But nothing has entered my mind that even compares to what God has. And I'm telling you, where you are is not where you have to stay. Because God has something so much bigger. If you knew, you would be blown away. Here's a video I'm going to show. But before I do that, I have asked 12 helpers to come up. And if you would come up, those of you that I've assigned to come up, they're going to be handing out... No, not you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. They are going to be handing out baskets of seeds. Uh, And grab your baskets. There's baskets all around here. And go get in your rows and watch this video while they hand out the seeds. hours to set that up in 15,000 dominoes. Pretty amazing. Now what would have happened if she miscalculated and didn't get them close enough together? And you push it. What would have happened? Nothing. You know what? When we use our gifts and our talents for God, we are like that domino. We don't know the reaction that's going to happen, but something good is going to happen. And if we don't use it, then we are stopping God's blessing. God has put in each one of us seeds. And here's, here's where the heart of our message is today. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6-11. Now this I say, he who sows ser- sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, He scattered abroad, He gave to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. I want to concentrate on the bold, underlined words. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Who is he? That's right, big H, he, God. Uh, What is the seed? The word, what else? His love, what else? Good deeds, what else? Your life. Opportunity, riches, gifts. That's right. You know, anything that you have a passion for can be a seed. You know, if if you're one of those, what do they call them, gearheads? You can tell I don't know anything about it. Guess what? That's a seed. Do you like baking? Guess what? That's a seed. Did God deliver you from alcohol or drugs? That's a seed. Your testimony is a seed. Your money is a seed. Your hobbies, your passions, anything that you love doing, God wants to use. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's a seed. So, It's our job to sow the seed. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's a mandate. It is our job to sow the seed. Now notice, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. So, here's the deal. When you sow whatever you have, he's going to supply more seeds for you to sow. He doesn't want you to eat your seed. Matter of fact, if you try eating those seeds, you'll be very disappointed because those are raw. Those are plantable seeds. Yeah, I know. You don't want to eat that, do you? June? Yeah. God wants us to sow those seeds. and Then he's going to give us more. But in the middle of all that, he's going to take care of us. He's going to give us the bread for food. He's going to, You give money, he's going to bless you back. But he's also going to help you out with your finances. Now, there's, there's a false teaching out there. It's the prosperity gospel. If I give, then God's just going to bless me and all that. No, 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 no. I want you to understand the concept here. Because we are saved, because Jesus has done something in our heart, the fruit that comes from that is we're going to want to give. We're going to want to bless people. We are going to want to bring people to Christ. As we are doing that, God meets our needs. Does he bless his people? You bet he does. But that's not the motivation for blessing other people. It's just a promise. God supplies our needs. Again, it is a mandate from God. Why does God want us to go out into all the world? Because He loves the world. He does not want anyone to perish but all to come to repentance. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. He doesn't want anybody to perish. It's our job to go out and plant the seed. It's our job. Now, those sunflower seeds that you have there, I love sunflowers. They're such happy plants. I found out when I was doing research that uh, one head, can produce between one and 2,000 seeds. One plant can go up to 20 heads. 40,000 seeds from one seed. Wow. When God sows into your life and you sow into other people's lives, the domino effect happens. People's lives will be changed. You know, uh, here's a few verses, again, to back up the the mandate thing. (laughs) Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Now I want you to understand, sometimes we get this messed up theology. We are not saved by our good works. We are saved because of our faith in Jesus Christ. But the fruit of that is when you have received Christ and he's transformed you, the fruit should be, I want to help people, I want to bring people in. I want to t- introduce them to Jesus. I want to be a light. Matthew 5.16 Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. 1 Timothy 6.18 Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. It's the domino effect. Uh, In our family, like uh, Pastor Allen said, we have three children, Jennifer, Andy, and Ryan. Uh, Andy, my middle child, when he was 15, decided that he wanted to go on a month-long mission trip to Venezuela. And it was going to cost $1,800. Now, our needs were met. We had money to meet our bills. But we didn't have $1,800 sitting around in our bank account to send this kid on a month-long mission trip. But we felt, okay, if God wants him to go, God's going to supply the money. And so one night we went to another church and listened to a missionary, and we really felt like the Lord said that we were to tithe what he needed. So $180. Now, again, we just didn't have a lot of loose change around. $180 was an act of faith. But we gave it because we felt God told us to do that. Well, after giving that tithe, doors started opening up. People started giving. For Matter of fact, some people in this church helped send him to Venezuela. One of the teachers at school got a tax refund check and gave him $250 and said, I can't think of a better way to invest money. And he was able to go. About two weeks into the trip, we get a phone call from him. And he goes, Mom, Dad, I know that I know that I know. My God is real. He said... We were on a bus getting ready to go up to the mountains. We stopped at a village and got out to get water, jugs of water. And there was a woman with a six year old daughter with cerebral palsy who had never walked before. And when a bunch of us got out of the bus, laid hands on her, and prayed, and mom, she began to walk. He said, I saw it with my own eyes. Woo! Do you know what? It transformed my son. It transformed that little girl. It transformed that mother. It transformed that village. Because people sowed into him. Look at the domino effect. But it doesn't stop there. Because that son is now a missionary. He and his wife are missionaries in Berlin, Germany. And they are sowing seeds there. Uh, let me just share a couple of things. There, there are, are Iraqi and Syrian refugees in Germany that they've connected with, and they've just they've just become friends. I mean, that's really where it starts. They've become friends with them. And uh, Jessie, my daughter-in-law, she does administrative work for for an organization called Alabaster Jar. And what they do is on Friday and Saturday nights, they take cookies and cupcakes, and they go down to the red light district and give them to the prostitutes and just show love. They help with local churches. They have three Bible studies in German in their home every week. A couple weeks ago, uh, one of the Syrian refugee friends calls them and said, my sister and her family live in Lebanon and their baby daughter, their six-month-old daughter, needed a life-saving surgery and they don't have money. Can you pay for it? Well, Andy and Jess said to him we'll, we'll, we'll pray about it and we'll get back with you. And they prayed and they asked God, what do you want us to do now i'm here to tell you because people support them from this church and other churches their their home church the lord gave them enough money that surgery cost six hundred dollars which try to find a surgery like that here but that family had nothing and so they paid, they they had the extra money that God had supplied to call up the hospital in Lebanon and say, we want to pay the hospital bill for this baby. The woman that they talked to said, Why are you doing this? She's a Muslim. Why are you doing this? And they said, Well, we are followers of Jesus. And we want to love people and help them. It ministered to the Syrian refugee, their friend, to the hospital, to the family, to the little girl. Do you see the domino effect? How one little act can change someone's life. You can never, ever, I'm going to throw this challenge out there. You can never, ever outgive God. I'd like you to try it. Oh, please, somebody try it. When you give, He is going to sow back into you. Whether that's emotional, spiritual, financial, material, whatever. Whatever God has called you to do, He's going to sow right back into you. Planting seeds increases our awareness of God and allows Him to transform us and those around us. Now, when Jesus told parables, he was a master storyteller. In our Western culture, we don't necessarily get the humor of it, but a lot of times he would get really outside the box. It it make this big, exaggerated story to prove a point. And one of those stories was the parable of the talents. And if you're not familiar with with that, there was a master, a wealthy man, who was going on a long trip. And so he called in three of his servants. And the first servant, he gave five talents to that person. And he said, take this, invest it, multiply it. The second servant, he gave him two talents. He said, take this, invest it, multiply it. Third servant, he gave one talent. Take this, invest it, multiply it. Now, when I was growing up in Sunday school, I think I saw a little flannograph picture or something of the master giving five gold coins to the first one, two gold coins to the second one, and one gold coin to the third one. That's not right. Because I looked up what a talent is. And a talent is a measurement, a weight of gold or silver. And here is the weight. and I'm going to ask my helpers, Randy and Ethan, to come up, because they're going to demonstrate exactly how much a talent is. A talent weighs between 73 and 75 pounds. So, they're going to open up this treasure box here, and they're going to pull out the equivalent in weight, to what a t- one talent is. And you know what? Let's have audience participation. Let's just count as they pull it out, okay? You ready? Ethan, that's good enough, buddy. Here we go. Alright. One. Two. Three. Four. Five, six, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 14, That's 15 bags, five-pound bags of flour. Now imagine that that is gold. Imagine that that is gold. That would be worth, in today's market, $1,400,116.57. Let me tell you, what God has given you is so valuable. Don't ever question that. God gives you good gifts. All right. Let's multiply that by 5 five hundred and eighty-two $7,582.85. Whoa. Let that blow your mind. So when the master came back, he went to the first servant, and the servant said, you gave me five, I turned it into ten. And the master goes, Give me five. Good job. Well done, good and faithful servant. Woohoo! Goes to the second one. He said, Well, you gave me two, and I multiplied it to four. Now, the master didn't say, Well, why didn't you do better? No. He said, Good job, good and faithful servant. Woohoo! Go on. The third slave, servant, said well well this is what he said and the one who had received the one talent came up and said master I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed and I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground see you have what is yours so he didn't squander it well yeah he did He did, because the order was, go and do something with it. And what did the master say? He said, you good for nothing, evil man, get out of my sight. You're going to the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. There is a great value in our giftings. Why? Because God has the eternal vantage point. He sees the whole picture. He sees that what you have been given can change so many lives. It can bring hope to lost people. Why did he not invest his talent? He was afraid. That's a biggie. You know what? Fear keeps us from stepping out in faith. We stay in, like to stay in our comfort zone. Fear keeps us from going beyond our comfort zone. Fear keeps our eyes on ourself and our own situation and not on God. Fear says that if we give something away, or help someone, or stick up for what is right, or share our story, we will lose something, we'll be a failure, we'll go without. Fear is, what if I step out to talk to someone about God, and they reject me, or they persecute me, or I'm not effective. Fear says, what if I tithe and then my bills don't get paid? Here's a quote. Fear is being too afraid to take a risk, even though risky behavior is called faith and was part of the master's business. Instead, the third slave attempted to secure his own well-being and in the end, his unfaithfulness to carry on the master's work cost him severely. A couple weeks ago when Pastor Alan and I talked and and I decided to, the Lord had given me this message, Uh, it was a Saturday morning and I went early to Walmart and there was a man and his dog sitting at the entrance. And uh, this was kind of a rough looking character, so... I just kind of walked in, kind of gave him a wide berth, walked in, did my little bit of shopping, came out, the dog barked at me, I went to the van, got in the van, and I felt like the Lord dropped into me, I want you to go talk to this man. And I said, well, Lord, I've got groceries, I need to get home, I've got a full day planned, I've uh, um, I don't think this is you, you know. I came up with all kinds of excuses, and uh, and then the, it just the thought wouldn't leave me, and I felt like he said, I, "I want you to go talk to this man." I said, "Well, you know, God, he looks really rough, and I'm a woman. A woman shouldn't be going up to a rough person, and and all this, and go talk to this man." So I literally got out of the van, walked five steps, turned around, got back in the van. (sighs) And again, the Lord said, I told you, you're supposed to go talk to this man. And if you are going to preach a sermon about sowing seeds, then you better go do it. So I said, oh, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to start it. He just said, go tell him you felt compelled to come talk to him and listen to his story. <sighs> so I went out, and I went out to him, and I shook his hand. I said, hi, I'm Laura. He goes, hi, I'm Christopher. I said, I felt compelled to come talk to you. Okay. I said, "So tell me your story." And he said, "Well, last night I got fired, and uh, I just didn't for my job, and I didn't have anywhere to go. And I'm looking at this man. He's got this hoodie down. He's got tattoos all over his face. He's got SS tattoo on his finger. Uh, he has a meth mouth. He has. He's in shorts. He has a prosthetic leg." 30 years old, shopping basket that has a sleeping bag, an air mattress, and a backpack. And I'm starting to talk to him, and two security people come out of Walmart. Oh, by the way, the dog was barking at me. Okay, (laughs) two security people came out of Walmart and said to him, you're going to have to leave, you're scaring people. I'm like, yeah. So I looked at him about that time, I said, well, Are you hungry? I said, yeah, I am. I said, do you like coffee? Oh, yeah. I said, well, how about I get you some breakfast? I'll meet you over there. And so I went to Chick-fil-A and was praying on my way there and going, God, I don't know what to do, but I pray for this man. I pray that you'll use this act of kindness to reach his heart, that he'll come to know you. So I get back to Chris, and he, I gave him the coffee and the, the breakfast, and I said, tell me about your leg. He said, well, when I was 10 years old, uh, I was hit by a drunk driver and lost my leg. And I said, I, at that point, it was just like, okay, here we go. I said, well, Chris, God sees everything about you. He saw the accident. He sees the abuse. He sees the addiction. And he cares about you. And he wants to rescue you. He wants to bring you hope. He doesn't define you from your sin. He defines you for what you could be. And then it's like I hit a wall. Bam. That was it. I didn't know what else to say. So I just said, so I give this to you in the name of Jesus. I got back in my van on the way home. I'm crying for two reasons. One, I felt compassion for him, and the other was, God, why did you make me go talk to this man? And I didn't even win him to the Lord. I didn't, I didn't even get to share the whole gospel, and I just I, man, I'm such a failure. And the Lord said, I didn't call you to do that. I called you to drop a seed. Because some plant, some water that God brings to increase. Sometimes we're available to get the harvest, but most of the time we're here to plant. We are here to plant. So my, what that did was it freed me up. It was like I don't have to be an evangelist. I just have to drop the seeds. I just have to love people, have compassion on them. In your bulletin today, and up front here in these silver trays, are cards. And it says, something unexpected to show you God's love for you. And on the back it said, sometimes we just need a little reminder that God sees everything and cares about us, hoping this little blessing reminds you God's love and care for you. We've provided these cards because we want you to use them to plant seeds. When you see the opportunity to bless somebody, bless them and then give them the card. If there's someone along the side of the road trying to change a tire, get out and help them. If you can, I can't, but you know. Give them a card. Uh, If if you're good at baking, uh, bake a plate of cookies and take them to the neighbor across the road. Or or if there's somebody who is going through grief and you've been there, go and bless them. Pay for the people behind you at Starbucks or McDonald's or wherever. Leave a card. Today, after church... We're going to be packing bags for senior citizens and elderly, elderly people and, and homeless people. Come join us. Pack those bags. Come join us in reaching out to our community. Whatever God has given you, whatever passion you have, whatever hobby you have, whatever gift you have, use it. Don't bury it in the ground. Now, here's, here's just a little suggestion. Let's just suppose you go to a restaurant and the service is terrible and the waitress ruins your dinner and has a bad attitude or whatever, and you're debating, do I give her a tip or not? She doesn't deserve a tip. Please, if you're not going to give her a good tip, don't leave the card. That's a bad testimony. However, you don't know what's going on in that waitress's life. She may have had a horrible day. She may be a single mom who really needs money. It may not have been her fault that things were messed up. So my suggestion is if you're going to leave a card, double tip her or give her a blessing because that is what's going to speak to her heart. When you give generously, God is going to give back generously.
1: When nothing is beneath us, then nothing is beyond us. Nothing is beneath us. When we're willing to stoop and to love and to care, then nothing is beyond God's reach. Because there's no telling how God will use your servant. When Dylan and I were pastoring and trying to love our city, we were in a unique time in our city. The spiritual climate was kind of different. There was some turmoil and just some, some things going on. And felt sometimes that people were being judged and not being loved enough by God. And So we, we just said, let's just go out and bless people. Let's just start serving people. Let's just us just be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. Let's extend grace and mercy. So we fa- heard about an idea that a church did and so we, we got together and uh, I was heading into summer. And so we got to get, her and I got together. We asked some college kids to join us, and so we would go out on Fridays and Saturdays uh, in our outreach. And we would um, we would ice down cokes and water, and we would stand at intersections or crosswalks or where people were gathered, and we would give out free cokes and free water, something free. We don't didn't want any money, no strings attached. Just blessing it. And about 90% of people would take it. Some people, you know, be like, you need to go up to the winch. Hey, you like a free Coke? Like, Get away! You know, nervous. And, you know, it's cool, it's cool. We were cool, though. And and some people want to give you money. We're like, no, no, we don't want any money. That's the opposite. We'll do something for you. It's not about money at all. We just want to bless you. We, 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 we put these little cards together. Uh, we have them here at Church Highland. It's our Acts of Kindness cards. We had something like that that just kind of said, you look too thirsty you know, you know to to pass and, and we put a little thing on there. You know, hey, if you ever need us, we're here for you. Just want to be a blessing. And then on the other side, we did that Mother Teresa quote that you know the world's not changed through you know big things, but through small acts of kindness. So we would give those out and give out that free water, give out that free coke. And, uh, we did it one Friday I mean, it was hot, we well, hot in Louisiana. We're back at the at the church washing out ice chests. Me and the lens, a couple kids. And old truck pulls up, maybe like a beater truck. That lady jumps out and says, how y'all doing? Who's a preacher? Where's a preacher at? And I was like, well, I, I guess that would be me. And she's like, how you doing? I, I'm from Macomb, Mississippi. I, I do outreach. And I'm the outreach coordinator of our church in Macomb, Mississippi. And she said, uh, we do outreach. I said, well, tell me about that outreach. Well, I get up in this here truck. And we go over Walmart on Friday and Saturday nights where teenagers hang up. And I, I get out back of my truck, got me a bullhorn. And I just preach and tell them to all going to hell. Just everybody's going to hell. And, wow. <laughs> How's that working for you? She said, well, it's not working too good. They run off and then they end up behind Sonic. We chase them over to Sonic. Then they go, go over to the Dollar Channel. And we find them behind the Dollar Channel. Then we just ride around all night preaching out the window. Bullhorn. Everybody going to hell. Wow. Praise, praise the Lord. Interesting. Come Mississippi. God be with me. She said, I think I want to try this. I think that's a good idea. And uh, so she, I gave her some instructions, gave her some cards. Hey, before you leave, leave the bullhorn in, in the truck. Leave the bullhorn in the truck. And so she, uh, so we go on, we do our outreaches. Lord is my witness. Four weeks later, five weeks later, in about August now, we're washing out ice chests. Truck pulls up, says, preacher, preacher, I got to tell you something. I to tell you what happened. She said, we did that outreach. Let the bullhorn in the truck. Did that outreach. She said, uh, we went out and just love people. Just tell people how much God loves and Just loved on people. Just talk to people. Just talk to people just there for them she said uh, next Sunday after we did the outreach a mom and two daughters showed up at our church said they just had to come see a church do something for them for free at the end of the service that mom and daughters came down met our preacher and, uh, and, and gave their life to Christ and, and then on Sunday night not that same night on Sunday night church uh, the, the, the daddy came with them close of the service he came down forward talked to the preacher told the preacher I ain't been in church in 25 years he said, but I had to come see a church that would do something for my family because we ain't never done nothing for y'all. And he received Christ. As matter of fact, we had a little impromptu baptism, got the trough out the back, filled it up water, just brought everybody into war, just dunked everybody right there, come Mississippi. And she said, it was fantastic. That family came to Christ and got baptized. She said, preacher, she said on Tuesday morning, that dad of that family, he didn't wake up. He went to be with Jesus in his sleep. She said, we did the funeral at the church on that Thursday. At the close of the funeral, that mom and those two daughters walked up in front of the church and set four Coke cans on top of that casket and said, because you loved us and because you cared for them, their daddy and my husband is in heaven with Jesus Christ because you just never know." It is the power of the gospel. It is the power of the name of Jesus. Our hand extended to broken humanity. It impacts eternity. You never know. Never underestimate your gift. Never underestimate your gift. Never underestimate your service. God is all up in it.
0: Amen. Amen. You were all given seeds. And I'm going to ask you in a minute to hold up those seeds. And we're going to pray over them in a minute. I realize that there are some people here today, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Good news! You can today! you can today I realize there might be some people here that you do know Jesus but you're not where you think you should be guess what today's the day some of you maybe you go I really do want to get out there but fear has held me back guess what You can overcome that fear through Jesus. Just step out in faith. So we're going to pray over our seeds. We're going to pray that God will give us divine appointment. Pray that God will put a burden on you when it's time to go share something. That you will have a heart of mercy and comfort. That God will explode those seeds. Explode those seeds. Now we're going to do this how we do it in kids' ministry. We have what we call a one, two, three prayer. And basically, when I count to three, everybody prays out loud at the same time. Now, don't freak out. There's the reason behind that. The reason behind that is if everybody's praying, nobody's listening to you but God. It's not as intimidating. And so I'd like you to pick up your seed packets. And would you all stand? We're going to hold these up to God, and I'm going to ask you to pray out loud the most passionate prayer you can over your seeds. Are you ready? One, two, three. person here today, that their hearts will be stirred, that there will be an igniting in their spirits to go out and make a difference. Lord, I pray for those who maybe are questioning their relationship, that today it will be sealed in their hearts and their minds. And I ask this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you need prayer for anything at all, I'm going to invite you to kind of come over in this area. I'm going to invite prayer people to come up and surround them and pray. Other than that, go out and plant your seeds. God be with you.